0: Okay, we're here with Voice of Jones County podcast, doing our uh, table talk with a few less around the table, uh, but still plenty to talk about. And uh, it's it appears that the topic is going to be a lot of current events, especially the, the events that have been happening around the country dealing with Mass shootings again, 240 of them so far this year. That's disgraceful. In a so called developed country, first world country, that we've allowed ourselves to sink and allow institutions outside of the government to control our agendas. And, uh, people that have bought into that narrative. And so, what do you guys think? What, What, just throw your opinions in there. Where are we going? What should we be doing? Why is this happening? All that thrown into one bucket here and see what we come up with.
1: Well, today is Thursday, August 8th, 2019. And uh, if you read the headlines uh, a couple of days ago, you would think you were back in the late 1800s. I mean, we haven't seemed to. We've kind of, as far as lawlessness goes, we've. I think we've taken a giant step backwards in our country because of the um, availability of guns that are not hunting guns. I am all for the Second Amendment. I think we all, you know, if you want to have a gun, I think you, sh- you should be allowed to have one. But there's absolutely no reason on earth why someone living uh, in America needs to have an assault rifle. rifle. Uh, if you're going to shoot a deer, and you're going to use an assault rifle, by the time you get done pulling the trigger, there probably isn't a whole lot left of the deer. So I don't think that's the reason why they're using them. There's only one real reason why assault rifles are even made or why they're used, and that is to kill uh, um, other people. Now, the first thing they say is they're they're there to defend themselves, and um, and that we all have that right as well, to defend ourselves. But um, in... What it, I, I've forgotten what the time frame was but in something like 30 seconds they killed I don't know how many people uh, and you know there's no reason for that type of weapon in uh, for us yeah uh, you know, I, I don't know I, I, I'm not really a big gun person I like to target shoot I could never probably kill anything <coughs> although I've shot at critters <laughs> I'm not sure I ever hit anything but I I just feel that. There's, there's a place for assault rifles, and that is defending our nation. And I, I frankly, I'm sorry, but I don't feel that we're being invaded from the south or the north or any other country. I, um, these people are coming to this country because of the freedoms that we have, and they lack in those countries. They're fearing for their lives. And now here we are um, in America, and we're beginning to fear for our lives. We can't go shopping. We can't even go to church anymore without wondering, you know, is there somebody going to come in and shoot? Um, I don't know. I I think we've gone down a bad, bad slope.
2: Yet, um, there is really strong support for the idea that people should be able to have whatever weapon they want, it seems. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, enough support that um, politicians can't no,
1: they say even they can't.
2: raise that issue, yeah. it seems, yeah. uh, without risking uh, being marked as someone who opposes the Second Amendment. Now, I've heard, I guess there are some reports that the NRA is in internal. Disarray for some reason having to do with I don't know personalities or or what it is actually corruption But um, they're still they're still there Mm -hmm. and certainly um, able to articulate the same positions that they have which is that um, There shouldn't be a limitation on the kind of weapon you have this second amendment doesn't say anything about that that's true, but the, the fact is, I mean, the most recent, I, I think the most recent Supreme Court case um, dealing with the Second Amendment was the Heller case in Washington, D.C. Washington said you can't have a firearm in Washington, D.C., a personal firearm, and the case went to the Supreme Court. And I believe Justice Scalia who wrote the majority opinion, which said, um, which upheld the personal right to have a firearm. The question in the case was, was the Second Amendment uh, giving a personal right, or was it the right, a right connected to militias, and um, having to do with that? And in Heller, the court found that it, that there was a personal right to have a weapon. But even in Heller, um, there were limitations on, well, on what that could be that helped uh, the uh, Heller case, I think, and a previous case or two about the Second Amendment um, acknowledged that there could be limitations on the kind of weapon that the Second Amendment allows you to have. Um, Heller case said that the sorts of weapons protected under the Second Amendment are those in common use at the time the Second Amendment was drafted and accepted. Musket guns. And Mm -hmm. um, single shots. That found traditional support in in the historical tradition of prohibiting the carrying of dangerous and unusual weapons at the time the Second Amendment was was, uh, enacted. Heller recognized a prior case about the Second Amendment, called Miller, which Heller Court said stands for the proposition that the Second Amendment right, whatever its nature, extends only to certain kinds of weapons. The prior case, Miller before Heller, upheld an existing ban on the possession or use of short-barreled shotguns, sawed-off shotguns, because there was no evidence that the possession or use of a short-barreled shotgun had some reasonable relationship to the preservation or efficiency of a well-regulated militia. And that court noted machine guns would not be protected under the Second Amendment because they are not the kind of weapons in common use at the time the Second Amendment was enacted. Now that actual issue hasn't been presented to the Supreme Court, but it seems as though it could be ripe
0: to be presented. I, I think, know, given the court makeup right now, they'd say, well, that was then, this is now.
2: they'd have to it's it's true that perhaps their political orientation of of the most recently appointed judges would, would incline us to think that way, but they'd have to be going against the Supreme Court. The manner in which the Supreme Court approaches precedent, and that would be, mm-hmm. you know, those judges who have been appointed—Gorsuch uh, and Kavanaugh. Um, there was one before that, I forget. Anyway, they've grown up in the Supreme in, in the federal court system, and for them to take that step would be talking about changing judicial behavior, which a Supreme Court Judge Justice would have a lot of problems doing, typically. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether they would, but I think they might. I think they might stop at that. So do you think that this this uh, edict
1: that was put out with, uh, about the, the mayors of the nation who have now want to put pressure on Congress to come back together and do something about it? Gun control, and and it seems to me the very basic thing that everybody's talking about is just, just plain background checks, Um.
0: and also large magazines, Mm -hmm. yes, assault style weapons. Mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell has all these bills on his desk, yeah, yeah, and he doesn't remove them.
1: Yeah, but but with that was that was my question with the pressure from the. City mayors of the nation are, are I mean, there's quite a few I don't recall the numbers, but um, Which just came out this morning. How? Is that going to have any effect is that? Uh, do you think they're gonna find I mean they're everybody's talking about it. it isn't just the people out east or the people down south or the people out west in in the areas where this has happened, but now it's kind of nationwide and, you know, really, if you think about it, how long is this going to go on before it comes to our backyard here in Jones County, before we have something like this? I mean, I,
0: I, I would say that it's already here by the fact that we're talking about it. And, yes, and, and so because people see it on their TV screens every day, people are thinking about it.
1: But no one has shot me going into Fairway or Walmart, for that matter, or
0: wherever. But I think here, because of the climate, political climate, social climate, it it could happen any minute. Yeah, well, I think you're and, right. And so, what we're waiting, we're just hoping it doesn't happen here. That's true. Uh, can we do anything about it? I don't know. Other than having conversations and, and going to pray, but... Uh, and good wishes and prayers don't really stop bullets. Oh, uh, actually,
2: the, the assault weapon kind of thing did happen in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Our town is right next to, when we lived in Connecticut, is the town adjoining Newtown. Okay. Okay. And I knew I was serving in a church in Danbury, which is on the other side of Newtown, um, and and there were people in my church whose relatives were killed in the in the school shooting and whose grandkids had to be slid out the windows and run for their lives. So, but even then, um, you know, I would say in Connecticut, there's a, a good understanding of what the effects of that can be because of Sandy Hook. But... Is there a law in Connecticut yet? No. We had a town meeting in our town, the one that adjoins, Newtown, to talk about the whole issue. and Because uh, that's, that's how governance happens in New England. You have a town meeting and then you vote on things. Everybody shows up. This wasn't to vote on anything, but it was a discussion about it. And um, it was held in the school that had the biggest room. And, uh, you know, it was packed with people, but right toward the end, it filled up in the back with a lot of people who were already agitated about the whole subject, and those were gun rights supporters from the adjoining town, Newtown, where the American Sports Shooting Federation is based. And they were just extremely emotional, uh, almost vibrating with, with uh, I think, the fear that there would be some move to curtail uh, the nature of the weapons that are permissible under the Second Amendment. So, even... There, even at that raw moment, there, there was a very, a, mature, a minority, but a very large minority of folks who were there worried about their Second Amendment rights, and their right to have any kind of gun that they wanted to have. Um,
0: it looks like more people, mostly men, are afraid to lose their guns saying that it's that one amendment that's going to protect the others. I hear that over and over again. But when you take this thing apart, it's basically, I I don't want to lose my firearms and every kind of excuse under that. That firearm gives them some sense of security, some sense of masculinity, some sense of identity. And when you pull that, it creates a panic. The other part is, what will we do to protect communities, protect families, protect children? It seems like we're not going to do anything. Um, Well, yeah.
2: Uh, I think I would disagree with that a little bit. I mean, what happens is, the, it's like in a, in a lawsuit. When you have a lawsuit, there's a thing called the burden of proof, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I bring a lawsuit, mm-hmm. the defendant doesn't have the burden of proof, of proving that the defendant didn't do that bad thing to me or commit that crime. The person bringing the action has the burden of doing that and if they don't sustain the burden, the other person doesn't have to have to say anything because the burden wasn't sustained. So if you think about that, um, I think that uh, right now, the issue is a burden of proof. People who are wanting to curtail the scope of available weapons that are available to people in a non-combat situation, the burden seems to be on them. And if the burden is on them, it's very hard to proceed because y- you can say all these things, but the law pr- protects them now. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if the burden of proof were on the other side, then you'd need to justify why it is under this under the Second Amendment that you mm-hmm. need the right to have that kind of weapon. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Why is that? And that's a it's it's a i think that question would come forward if a locality say or a state banned um, combat weapons and there are, uh, the availability of combat- we- weapons for civilians in that state banned uh Kind of weapons that had been used in the mass shootings. Then a case would have would probably be, a challenge to that would probably be mounted. And um, if the law were there, established, then I think the people who, who would be arguing in favor of overturning the law would have the burden of establishing why it is that they have a right to those weapons that supersedes this state law, if that, that could only be a superseding law or a constitutional right under the United States Constitution, which a state can't infringe, cannot infringe. Right. So but if a case like that... they just
1: was, cite the Second Amendment as their... I mean, wouldn't they just simply say, it's my right?
2: Well, you'd have to a, actually establish that. As I was indicating in a little conversation earlier about... Um, what these Second Amendment cases available to us suggest, there are limits that can be established for uh, unusual or dangerous weapons, and uh, ones that were not available at the time that the framers framed the Second Amendment. So, it was upheld not to be have a, sh- a shot off shotgun. Um, Heller upheld the right for a person to have a handgun, a, you know, a personal handgun, which is not was not a uh, assault weapon. I think that's probably the most likely way the issue would be brought up, and the most likely way there might be a limit imposed, or a
0: limit on a battlefield weapon that it, might be sustained. It, it also, to me, feels a lot like the uh, healthcare system availability, who gets to have it, who doesn't, who gets to live, who doesn't. Especially given the social, political implications of having weapons, access to those kinds of weapons and the ideology that drives people to want to use them. Just like what happened in El Paso. He had access to weapons in one of the states that has the laxest laws on availability of weapons. Now it's even mm-hmm. more lax after the shooting. Or well, you can carry them in churches, into schools, into stores. I don't know if you can carry combat weapons into stores and churches. In Texas,
2: yeah. You can.
1: Really? They, they can just walk down the street with one. Is that yep. right?
0: Yep.
1: Well, then what's the difference between that and the dictatorship with the does it?
0: There is none. You throw in the fear factor that you need to protect yourself, and then given the political climate of you're being invaded, anyone who is just a little bit unstable is going to pull a trigger. And uh, so, that, I mean, it, it gets into a different kind of conversation, but it's it's a part of it. And uh, who who gets access to these weapons? It's a political question.
2: It's a political question. The question would have, you wouldn't be able to pass a law that law that for example that I was just just, talk, just talking mm-hmm. about without a, having a political conversation and a political decision of yes we approve that the people approve that or yes we legislators <coughs> we legislators approve that because our people want it and that's where that would be fought out.
1: See, Here's an issue that I have with this whole thing. Um, Why don't we have a national referendum and see where people really stand, where the country, where the people of the nation really stand. I mean, um, these folks say, oh, my people want this, and these folks say, my people want this, but it's the vocal people, the people who actually will call their congressmen and tell them, those are the ones who are getting, are, are being able to be spoken to. If we had a national uh, referendum that was a secret ballot where we could actually vote, I wonder what the majority of the people of the nation really think.
0: Well, I'd like to see that starting at the state level. Sure. Sure. There's no reason not to. And we have access to a couple of politicians. Uh, It doesn't have to be a public discussion on it. Just why don't we have a referendum? People like you said, secret ballot. Um, I would just be curious to see what may, the majority th- They've done polls, and the majority of people want stricter laws, background checks, mm-hmm. and uh, other common sense laws. Republicans ignore them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it has to well, do with. Well, I don't think
1: it's just Republicans. I think politicians. <laughs> I, I would say politicians yeah. ignore what. Sure, they're
2: Democrats. Uh, politicians
1: who also well, yes, absolutely. I don't them. think it's just the Republicans. I think it's it's it, 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 it's all of them. If you get a lobby that scratches their back, that's that's what speaks. That money, that those lobbyists. But the person who has to.
0: control over the vote, mm-hmm. those bills are on his on his desk.
1: Well, right now, that's true. Yeah, and
0: so and it's the Republicans that are holding it back. They're the ones who are getting a large amount of money from the NRA. And, you know, whoever gets to see this thing, I am not against the Second Amendment. I do believe that people have a right to protect themselves. But this is out of control. Very much so. This is like I had a small infection. I didn't take care of it. I have gangrene now. Do I let the flies eat the stuff? Do I let myself die slowly? That's where we're at. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. It's pretty obvious that the gentleman that did all the shooting in El Paso was um, um, bigoted toward uh, the Mexicans and so on. and, and, uh, And our president keeps telling us that El Paso was one of the un- most unsafe cities, and yet, evidently, the the records that are kept say that it's not. It's one of the safest cities yeah. in the they, country. The people have
0: worked hard to make it safe.
1: You know. I have friends who, um, when he got out of the service, um, they decided to stay in El Paso. He'd been stationed in El Paso, and they decided to stay, and, and they loved it in El Paso. They thought it was a great City and has a good cultural mix, and but and everybody got along is what they said. So, I, I, um, I, I, I have an opinion from Marilyn. Marilyn texted me an opinion, and she she's afraid that um, our leaders have um, stoked some of the white supremacist feelings, and and people now because they're afraid of others. Or how uh, they they might be treated. They're they're acting out, and and maybe that's true. I, I I don't know. But this was definitely a race thing. I believe in El Paso. I don't I don't know that Dayton. I mean that's but El Paso definitely was. That's who, I mean that's he had his manifesto. That um, that was what he was. That was one of the things that he was um, supposed to be um, stamping out. He didn't. Didn't, they come in. They take their job. They take other people's jobs. They, they're thieves. They're criminals. Well, he so also so he on. also
0: linked his alliance to the thing that happened in New Zealand, to the thing that happened in Charleston, South Carolina. <coughs> so, and so the F, even the FBI and other national security agencies, said, this is a rising, has been for a number of years problem. And the, because they say there is no way to deal with this at the national level because we we can deal with international terrorism we have things in place but all of a sudden now what do they do with it at the national level
1: Are that is a new field isn't it the internet the the national terrorism rather than international terrorism
0: well somehow they're kind of linked <laughs> you look at the mindset of the well oh, sure. sure sure it's like the same mindset we don't want these people here
1: but we've we've concentrated since nine eleven so hard at at weeding out terrorists, and yet we have terrorists in our own country who are our own people. It started with Timothy McVeigh in the Oklahoma bombing. You know that was that was an an American
0: uh,
1: performing an act of terrorism on his own nation.
0: Well, actually, it started before him. Well, he's the only one I can pick up. <laughs> the Tupac's clan have been terrorizing people. Oh,
1: of course they have.
0: And and then there were other militias before him, where he picked up all that language. Mm-hmm. But you know, the country—sad to say—it was started by a lot of this kind of ideology, starting with the eugenics movement that started in elite institutions, and then also with the history of of understanding manifest destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people feel God has given us this land, it is ours, everyone else is an invader, even the indigenous people. So that's one thing we have to contend with. How do we deal with this kind of history? How do we reject it? Because that's basically what's at battle here. Someone called it a cold civil war. Oh. we're not yet shooting but the words the ideologies are there
1: well i think this thing in el paso is really close to race war type of
0: oh, but,
1: you know basis and yeah um, so uh, it could be just the you know the beginning of that sort of thing i mean i hate to think of that sort of thing going on in our country again we had when we fought the civil war that was bad enough you know, and it ab- it absolutely was all
0: and, and, about And not everybody slavery. had a gun back then. No, they didn't. Now, <laughs> guns are almost outnumbering people. Yeah. If they don't. Well,
1: they probably are, because there's a lot of people who own a lot more than one.
0: So, uh, it, there could be no better scenario for an outside entity like Russia China or anyone else saying, we don't have to conquer them. They're totally to themselves. Exactly. They're not smart enough to figure this stuff out. Exactly. Just yeah. let them just keep shooting at each other. If it's not guns, it's going to be drugs. If it's not that, yeah. it's going to be the healthcare system. They're dying. It's a third world country now. We were just talking about that this morning
1: at breakfast, my husband and I, that, you know, Al- Al-Qaeda or whoever, ISIS, whoever, have just got to be – Smiling, thinking, yes, let them kill themselves. This is, this is fine. And
0: how do yeah. we know that the terrorists here aren't getting funding for this? Go ahead, bomb that over there. Yeah. Go shoot well, you don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, yes. uh, yeah I, it, it's all kinds of craziness. And what really bothers me is that the churches have taken no lead on any of this. Well, just
1: today, the American Lutheran Evangelical Lutheran Church uh, put out a thing against, um, basically, domestic terrorism. Um, They want some kind of gun control. And uh, I don't know whether they're having a meeting now or how it's came about. But anyway, they just announced it this
0: morning that that was what they were were doing. Well, what we need are all faith leaders to make a... to have some kind of a presence on a national level, like Billy Graham used to do.
1: Well, you know, uh, the the problem with that is that line of thinking is because the first thing they do is they come down. Separation of church and state—they're not going to have it.
0: They're Billy Graham it. was able to do it.
1: Well, yeah. to So s- it, to can a s- point, it, yeah. it can
0: still happen. When the Pope shows up, they give him full honors. So when when we want to. When it's a political advantage, then we allow it to happen. So no, yes, I, I,
1: but they look at the Pope as the head of state because of the Vatican is a state in and of itself.
0: But it's still it's a religious. Yes, absolutely. With expensive a religious robes. Yeah. So <laughs> well, <laughs> it's got expensive. I don't know how
1: much they cost or who sold them, but anyway, I, I, it is it is an issue, and and I, I think um, my I, I'm preaching this Sunday, and my message is. Um, uh, just three feet, and you know we need to take care of three feet at a time if we can have peace within ourselves and have peace in that three feet it 's like a pebble in a in a pond you know, whether it's stress or whether it's peace, it makes rings that go out and, and affect all those around us. So if we can be peaceful, why can't we just take care of ourselves and be peaceful and happy in who we are and where we are and what we're doing? If we're not, then we need to do something to change that. But I don't think violence is the way to change any of that. If we can have this peace then those around us will be pe- more peaceful you know and, and they have three feet so there's three feet around those people and those folks and so on and so on and we could change it but we what this I believe what we need is to go to our knees on behalf of this nation I, I think this patient bas- this nation's been very blessed and uh, and now here I'm going down a bad path because it's it's religious but I, I do think um I think we need to go back and turn back to the Lord. Uh, You know, if my people pray.
0: uh, I wish wish more people did. I wish more people didn't actually read the New Testament and uh, not keep quoting the Old Testament. Anyway, we're past 30 minutes. Uh, (laughs) Any last thoughts? (laughs) Any kitchen jokes? Anything? I have a few last thoughts, which are that um,
2: I keep I think that the United States has a history of resiliency. Um, and I think that's based upon the fact that each person has a right to be a participating citizen in his or her government and influencing how the governments run. And our countries had all kinds of Problems. I mean, that are serious problems that involve violence within, say, the say the 20th century. Say all of the 1900s. Well, there were periods when there was lots of violence. There were riots. There were lots uh, of unrest. There were, you know, alien forces at work within us, and there were at home aliens working against us. There was upheaval during. Various in, in the teens, in the 20s, during the Depression, after World War II, that sort of laid back. But then even so, there was 70s, civil 80s, rights, yeah. all of that, That's and true. some of that got really violent. So we have a history of violence, and I, I feel as though there's a resilience that that we have as a heritage that will get us through that this, but we need to be speaking up saying what we stand for and why, saying what we believe the country was formed for and why, and quoting the founding fathers and what they said in the Constitution and and then the amendments to the Constitution that came after that. I think we can get through this. It's just not going to be fun. And um, unfortunately, there's a lot of individual firepower that uh, individual people have to go after those that they don't agree with. But that's just part of the risk of having, uh, of being in charge of your own country and not having it
0: dictated to you. I, I think that uh, for a long time, we took our democracy for granted. Many of us didn't work sure. at it. Many of us didn't really fully understand it. We allowed the politicians to take the lead, and in doing that, they saw an advantage of like, well, I have access to all this great stuff, I'm going to enrich myself. Some of them did that. I think the people need to get educated in the right way. People have to become united in the right way. People have to start defining what American democracy means to them and start working towards it with one another. We've always been a country of mixed heritages, ethnicities, and colors. We've always been that. It's time for people to start accepting that and work together. Anyway, that's my three cents. Mm Amen.
1: Well, I'm just going to keep on praying.
0: (laughs) I have no thoughts. (laughs) Voice of Jones County, signing off.